and welcome everyone to today's news tonight the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news i'm your host derek bittner and i'm joined as always by my good friend and gvg co-founder steve bowling as well as our ash replacement brandon miracle <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ash's wife, Fasola, is currently not feeling too well, so he is taking care of her because he is a good husband, and uh, he is he has left us for her. It's like, Steve leaves for his mom, Ash leaves for his wife, what the heck? I, I know, the, the important women in our lives demand our attention this week, and uh, I, in all seriousness, Ash, I hope Fasola feels better. I know you're in there in the live audience, yeah. man. I know you. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> but yeah. anyway... <laughs> Yeah, I hope she feels feels better. Uh, it's for those of you in in the live chat. It's nothing like super serious, you know. She just needs, no, no. Yeah, you know, we all have those days. We all need help. Sometimes. You're under the weather. You can't really move. You got to have somebody take care of you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like that every morning. So. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> uh, it's it's fun when uh, a guy wakes up at four a.m. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm fun time. I am uh, <laughs> glad to be done with that specific phase of life. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to that yet, so uh, I'll relate well, at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> hey, honestly, you're you're ahead of the game <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Um, real quick before we uh, get re- into it, I just I just thought of this. So I apologize that I'm like almost not prepared, but I do want to highlight a. Um, uh, fun thing uh, going on for the charity room, which is a uh, charity that uh, previous guest uh, the Golden Bolt is uh, helps out with. I've joined them a few times as either as running some um, games or just co-commentating, and they're doing a one-day event to benefit the American Heart Association Association, uh, and they're going to be do- hosting a race called uh, Race It and Clank clock blockers where uh <laughs> golden golden bolt and uh, another uh youtuber by the uh, goes by mikonos fan who i do eventually want to get on the show at some point uh as uh, they're going to race through the original ratchet and clank and the 2016 2016 remake starting on saturday may 29th at 3 p.m eastern and uh you know i'm sure it'll be fun to see those two race in ratchet and clank they're both major fans just like myself so uh Definitely check that out if you have the time. And I figured I'd plug them since, uh, since you know, no uh, sponsor. So Yeah, there's there's still two spots over on Patreon.com slash GV Gaming where if you want to support your evil layer or other project, we'd be glad to talk about it. Just saying. Hi. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) And hey, more more, uh, love for uh, Ratchet & Clank. And you got to love them pulling out the whole uh, clock blocker's name. (laughs) So... That is pretty good. That that I've no, I've told you guys this before, but that was going to be the official name of a crack in time before they were like, eh, we got to change it. <laughs> it's a little pushing it a little too far this time. <laughs> a little too on the nose, <laughs> riding the line a little bit. <laughs> mm. So let's say we actually get to the news uh, today. Yeah, we've got quite a few yeah. things to talk about. I'll get that first story on screen for you right now. Let's do it. And we're starting off big, something Brandon and I are both very excited for. I'm sure Steve would be excited, too, if he played Dragon Quest XI, but he hasn't done it yet. I don't but have the shame. time. <laughs> for shame. Um, Dragon Qu- the Dragon Quest 35th anniversary stream has been announced for May 26th, 
And the thing that makes this so huge is that this is the first time there's going to be a live translation for international fans, meaning they likely have something big uh, oh, yeah. here. At least that's the hope. Um, I, I always go in with uh, expectations set a little lower <laughs> just so I don't get disappointed. So my, but even then my hope is, oh, that'd be awesome if we could get Dragon Quest four, five and six at the very least on the switch or, you know, why not uh, seven and eight as well? <laughs> that'd be nice. Man, that then there's be... me who's just like balls to the wall. Dragon Quest Twelve, baby. <laughs> I, you know what? I would be so hyped for everybody if Dragon Quest Twelve came out. I I wouldn't play it right mm. away, but <laughs> I still want to beat Eleven before I play Twelve. But it, that would be amazing. I I like Derek's idea that we were talking about before the show went on air. Just localization of Ten. That would be nuts. That would be oh like mind blowing. Yeah. That'd, I would, be, that'd be pretty wild, especially, you know how you get Final Fantasy fourteen fans to play Dragon Quest ten. Tell them that Yoshi P worked on it beforehand. Boom. <laughs> they will flock to that thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, the entire original game is free as well as the first expansion. <laughs> well, I, I, so I, was, I was telling Brandon about this before, but I was eating a Butterfinger beforehand because of that whole choke over poor <laughs> thing. I mean, not getting our mounts. So they have yeah, they've got they you in their clutches, my friend. <laughs> I, they really do. I mean, fortunately, I'm pretty okay with Butterfinger, but still. <laughs> what is it? What is it with Square Enix, or is it Square Enix? Square Enix. I always right? said Enix, but I've heard people say Enix. So I I, I, I know I in Japanese it is it's Enix. Enix. Yeah. yeah, but either way, yeah. what is it with them and Butterfinger specifically? <laughs> Avengers had know. a Butterfinger tie-in. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake had a Butterfinger tie-in. Someone at Square Enix fucking loves Butterfingers. I'm just <laughs> it's got to be Yoshi P. Mm. You better not uh, put your finger on my butterfinger. What is it? That sounded gross. <laughs> That's the way I said that. Yeah, there's the Bart Simpson stuff. So yeah, they, better not lay a finger on my butterfinger. The fact <laughs> this is being streamed uh, for international fans tells me that if there is a new game announcement, this might be a worldwide launch situation, which would mm. be incredible. I think it'd be uh, one of the first times, right? I think it would be the first time. Hold on. Um, I. I have to. I have to caution against getting too excited. Oh, Let's yeah. not forget that Square Square Enix is the same company that went on stage at PlayStation Experience, and they're like, the PlayStation 4 is getting Final Fantasy VII, and everyone's like, oh my god! And then they're like, and it's the Steam version. <laughs> like, it was <laughs> the most deflating. It's like they went on there to suck the joy out of the room. Like, they had to feed some ghoul in the back. <laughs> to be fair, it was a it's a pretty good version of the original seven, but it's not what people were hoping for. <laughs> well, yeah, people it's just... aren't going in with that kind of expectation. I think that's the big thing. Yeah, my yeah. my point is, do not come in expecting the world. Be happy with what you get because there is a very good chance that Square Enix thinks that this announcement that they're going to make is way more hype than most people will think it is because they have a history <laughs> of doing exactly that. That said. I, I do think it bodes well that they're actually live translating it. Clearly, they think it's a big enough deal to spend the time and the money to set that up. It's going to be a and, late night reaction, though, because uh, let me see here. It uh, is at uh, 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. So that's 11.30 p.m. for me <laughs> reacting look, oh to my this. Goodness. I'm, I'm showing up with a drink to this live reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, look, it is I, scotch time. <laughs> I, I think... Uh, Given that this is a 35th anniversary stream, we're probably looking beyond video games. I wouldn't be surprised if there's yeah, like there's definitely gonna be series merch. or merch. Yeah, um, man, how how embarrassing is it going to be? 
and and I'm pointing this almost squarely at you, Brandon, because you're dressed for it. How embarrassing is it going to be if Dragon Quest completely shows up Zelda for its 35th? Like, Nintendo's just been like, I don't know, have Skyward Sword, I guess. <laughs> but Dragon Quest 11 SS. <laughs> um, hmm. Maybe have to change the name on that one. There's a some unfortunate connotation with just SS. So, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of be happy with anything. We get four, five, and six on the Switch. I'm happy. We get seven or eight yeah. 3DS port on the Switch. Even happier. That'd be awesome. Oh man. If um, Dragon Quest Eight is the first game in the series that I personally fell in love with. Like I watched mm-hmm. my brother play that. I I ended up gifting him the game and the PS2 slime controller back in the day. Which, yeah, by the way, right there's one me. for the Switch that's in Japan that I desperately want. If they announced that that's coming west, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, "That's yeah. enough for me. Thanks." I'd, I'd be tempted. I'd be so tempted. <laughs> yeah, I want that goofy thing. But uh, man, yeah, eight on the Switch would be huge. I would be, I would be, and I'm not a huge Dragon Quest guy. I'd be over the moon just for that. Well, I think eight was the big introduction for a lot of Dragon Quest uh, fans nowadays because you know it came with that demo for Final Fantasy XII. Smart move. And it had a hey, big push in the West, yeah. Nice, nice uh, way to do it. And I think there's a lot of love for eight. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I saw some suggestions in our live chat for uh, Dragon Quest Builders three. Hell yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah, uh, that'd be a fun one. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities here. Uh, seen Rocket Slime mentioned Dragon Quest Monsters. There's the Rocket Slime of- mentioned. Dragon- different things they could do to really tie into this. Hopefully it's not just oh, mobile titles uh, or the legend of die. I was about to say the, uh, the adventure of die. There's the mobile game that's coming, but there's also the console adventure of die game coming that we haven't seen since its announcement. You know, I bet uh, we'll see that. Yeah. As well as the anime, which I think is still, still running. And also if you haven't watched it, it's really good. So is it? I've not watched it yeah. at all. I've, I haven't even watched the, the world ends with you anime yet. So I need to oh, watch wow. that. Yeah. Um, so I, I could see that happening. Maybe an announcement of another movie. I, I know your your story is kind of divisive. I personally enjoyed it, so I'd like to it's, see them it's, try something. It's wild to say the least. It <laughs> is. <you> <laughs> um, that I did not expect that ending. <laughs> no, nobody did. <laughs> I, I still need to watch all. The, I feel like I have no time to watch movies or tv shows if it's Mm -hmm. if it's not a game i'm working on i'm probably not involved with it and that's unfortunate but (laughs) someday someday i'll get back to watching tv i promise whenever i'm that's how i was able to blow through all of castlevania in in a day because i was like you're working yeah watching i'm technically (laughs) working with them doing that uh but you also watch and can easily just watch uh hold on to kai and keep an eye on him while i'm doing that so it works out um so yeah we'll see We'll see what comes of it, but we'll absolutely be doing a reaction stream to it. Um, we'll definitely be excited. We might we might need to have you on that one as well, Brandon, just because you have a fellow DQ fan. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Heck, yeah. So, that would be great. Let's do it. But before we move on to our next story, I got to give a big thanks to Alan Wilkinson in the YouTube chat with their five pound donation saying, since it's probably not going to be a, a story tonight, can I please get a shout out for Discord's new logo? Get well soon, Ash's wife. I, I guess real quick, what do you guys think of Discord's new logo? Why? <laughs> like, uh, someone it's... someone summed it up pretty well for me. Um, 
it was a it was a screenshot of Discord's old logo next to their new one, and it was like when the fonts don't load on your computer, <laughs> which <laughs> I thought was pretty clever. Anybody who's worked with like someone else's Photoshop knows what happens when you don't have them installed. You get like the jankiest, like most generic looking font, and I mean, ultimately. It's a logo for an app that I use that we're using right now. So it's right. not gonna it's not gonna change how I feel about Discord. Discord is honestly pretty great, but it is. I'll be honest, I don't logo. pay attention to the logos too much. It's just like, oh yeah, it's there. Whatever. <laughs> I, I know, like they're trying to distance themselves from from gaming since Discord is becoming more popular. It's just a general, uh, you know, communication software. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the reasons behind this change. But ultimately, it really doesn't matter that much in the end. Yeah. Like, I'm no. still going to use Discord. Well, the, the, yeah. thing, the thing that I find interesting is that uh, Discord can't move too far away from gaming. And the reason why is if you start putting it up against Zoom and WebEx <laughs> and other big like business communication platforms, which my day job requires me to know far too much about... <laughs> discord is really lacking like from a feature set perspective right uh, yeah. like for instance for those of you that don't know every time discord changes something tnt breaks because <laughs> i have to then reorganize stuff and there's uh, like you can't lock people to certain positions so i don't know where derek's gonna be every episode i don't know where i'm gonna be every episode i have to reposition them every single every single time uh and it's it's annoying. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely a bit of a problem. Uh, again, real quick before we move on, uh, did not expect us to get caught up on the actual talk yeah. about the logo. So there you <laughs> go. A little bonus uh, discussion. Um, Jaden Buck with a five dollar donation says reminds me of that vid of a video that Relax Alax did. Uh, that re did recently about oversimplified logos. Yeah, they're everywhere now. I the Pringles logo. Uh, Amy and I were in the grocery store and just saw the Pring new Pringles logo, and eh, we like the old one better. It's had a bit more yeah. personality. It is just simple. Though we have to mention there was like a spicy Pringles that they had there, and he's like and they had it in a they had the little eyes going in. It's like you know what, that's pretty good. I'll I'll give him that one. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah, I, I noticed when I was visiting my mom. Um, CVS changed its logo too. And oh. it was just a very weird, like I looked at the sign. I'm like, is that like a knockoff, like off brand CVS? And nope, that's their new logo. It, it looks, I mean, <laughs> these new oversimplified logos seriously look like someone went on Fiverr and like hired the cheapest guy they could find. Yeah. It's what's hot right now. I don't really is. know why, but I mean, you look at Adobe's logos for all of their creative suite uh applications and they used to be color coded based on the type of work you could do in them uh like most of the video apps were some shade of purple and now everything's purple <laughs> yep it, it is it is definitely more annoying now but mm -hmm. uh, what can you yeah. do oh well well let's go ahead and move on to our second story which there's quite a bit to talk about so let's bring that up all right so sega in their mo uh, most recent financial report, has uh, stated that they are examining which of their dormant IPs are fit for a remaster, a remake, or a reboot. Out of this same, th but there's even more than that. Out of this, they also said that one of their studios is working on a new FPS title that's been labeled a super game. Don't know what that means. And another little thing brought out about this is that uh, in that financial report is despite the fact that there was no new Sonic game last year, 
the Sonic series still sold 4.4 million copies. That hedgehog will not die. So there you go. That is insane. Um, mm-hmm. I will say as a huge Sega fan, this is uh, encouraging to see that Sega yes. is remembering yeah. that, hey, we made a lot of great games that people might want to see come back. Uh, the list, Panzer Dragoon, Knights, Shinobi, uh, Altered Beast, House of the Dead, Jet Set, Radio. Like, I love mm-hmm. this list. Oh, yeah. I, I'm excited to see all of these. Um, I would I would kill for a new Shinobi. Um, yeah, it's, it's all very, very good stuff. I, I'm hoping... I, I think I've seen enough of Knights for a while, but a new jet set? Oh, baby, give me that. <laughs> Shoot that right into my veins, especially because there's a, there's an indie team working on like a spiritual successor to Jet Set yes. Radio. I um, forget what it's called, but I do remember that game. And it looks yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, people are tired of, of that very specific kind of game that Jet Set was. I mean, we only got two games, <laughs> first off, and, and they kind of occupy a unique space they nobody has really made anything that comes close but yeah that indie game the name escapes me at the moment i am ridiculously hyped for just because i want oh, to glass see... marcus thank you so much uh bomb rush cyberfunk right yes yeah. bomb rush That's cyberfunk it. like i'm very excited to try that i as soon as i can get my hands on it i will and i to be fair i don't know maybe there uh is real quick uh just i have to point this out because i get asked this every episode uh wanted outlaw yes i am I'm definitely up on the news about the new Dragon Ball Super movie. We discussed it in our Patreon exclusive post show last episode. I am very hyped. Like the the amount you would expect from me. <laughs> Just Can't wait until we get was actual details. For the episode we talked about Dragon Ball. Yes. <laughs> like, God damn it. Shenron is right here on my shelf. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, this is a good list. And obviously, obviously there's way more. Because after Soul Hackers, they have etc. et cetera. It's like, yeah, they mean yeah. just all of these. They're just the big ones. Uh, Streets of Rage being on there. Yes, let's get a Streets of Rage 5. It, although it's interesting that they consider that a dormant IP, considering 4 just came out. Yeah, there's, um, there's weird stuff But I guess stuff it wasn't made by Sega. But, yeah, they don't, right. they don't list Shenmue either, and that's kind of sort of theirs. I don't know what happened with that. I think they still own Shenmue, even though Yu Suzuki is now making games again. But I know mm-hmm. Sega's involved somehow. Um, there's, there's virtual cop, as someone mentioned in the YouTube chat, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's a million IPs. Alex Everybody's Kidd, <clears throat> yeah. Which, Alex kid, which kind of getting a remake. So yeah. I was that. about to say that's coming out <clears throat> soon, like in a couple weeks, I think. Yes. A lot of these on the list here, I could see just ending up in arcades. Like, uh, I'd love to go to an arcade and play a new house of the day. Oh, I, you oh, know what? Amazing. I'm, I'm going to have to say probably not. Sega shuttered all their arcades. That is true. Oh, that's true. So I if they shuttered about... their arcades, I have to think. I, I have to think that their arcade division is next on the chopping it's block. Gone. Because if you if you can't run arcades <laughs> successfully with your own games, that probably speaks to a, a lack of interest in continuing to produce games, which would be sad. Sega, you know, they were built in the arcades. They, they started as an arcade company. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people in the chat mentioning uh, Choo Choo Rocket. Obviously, would love Choo Choo Rocket. Skies of Arcadia being brought up. There's a lot of I, like Sega sits on a lot of really great IPs. They really so the fact do. That they're actually just considering to do more with them. 
Yes, please. Yeah, I I agree 100%. The one thing I want to point out, and I say this every time Sega, like, remaking or, or looking at their old content comes up, please, please, please give me the original PSO on Switch. Just let me have the Dreamcast version or the GameCube version. I'm not picky, but let me have that original four-player hack-and-slash PSO on the Switch. Please and thank you. I will, I will pay the $10 a month that you used to charge for it gladly. <laughs> also, I have it on good good authority that Sumo Digital really wants to do that, but that's a whole other... Retain the split screen, yeah. please, from the GameCube version. Yes. Uh, offline mm, play. That was awesome. I, I really want a new MMO where I can play offline and then bring that progress back online. Like, I know you probably have to yeah. get crazy with the anti-cheat to make sure people don't hack the game offline. Oh, true. But you could do it. It's 2021. They have to have figured it out by now. Yeah. Um, speaking of the super game, it's interesting here. It's like, it's, uh, they said challenge toward creating large scale global titles and <clears throat> the creation of the super game is not listed until fiscal year of 2026. So five years out, uh, just doing all that, but the, they're aiming for a lifetime sales of a hundred billion yen as far as that. But it's also noted that they said development of new FPS title at a European suitors, a studio, meaning, which means a lot of people have said, um, yeah, that's likely Creative Assembly, which I'd be down for. I'm not sure what they've done lately, uh, but I know they made Alien Isolation, and that game is freaking amazing. So, I'm down for I'm down for whatever Creative Assembly comes out with. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with that. But we'll, seems we'll like they're giving see. it enough time. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2026. I have to wonder. I mean. Apparently, uh, their brand new IV, I, I they talked about it. Their brand new FPS IP back in 2018 on their own website, but nothing's really come of it yet. So, wow, really? I don't know. That sounds like development hell, to be honest. I hope not. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope not too. But you know, I'll be interested to see. I really like the idea that Sega is going to stop just being a Sonic the Hedgehog and Yakuza factory. I'm I'm very excited to see them actually go back and evaluate their back catalog and hopefully come out with, you know, new new entries in in franchises that have been dormant for far too long. That's just exciting to me. Oh, but so yeah, I just that. looked up total uh the Creative Assembly's lineup. Since Alien Isolation, all they've made is freaking Total War games, which apparently they've been amazing. But basically Total War or Halo Wars 2. So that is such a weird (laughs) total war and halo wars too. Um, (laughs) Cool though. I mean, I would be happy to see, see them make an FPS. I, I, a Sega FPS just sounds so weird to say out loud. So Eh, again, alien isolation made by Sega. So yeah, that's true. You never really think about that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. I think Steve will like this one. Oh, you know it. (laughs) <laughs> Sony has revealed two new colors for the DualSense controller, Cosmic Red and Midnight Black. Steve, I know you this straight down your alley. What do you think? Oh, my God, man. Like, I didn't know I wanted these colors so bad until I saw them. I mean, the black one is the one that everybody, like, photoshopped and, and you know, made their own versions of. But somehow, those all lacked something that is present in the official, like, hero shots of these they are gorgeous man um Mm. 
you know, I, I tweet sexy actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you know what this makes me want. So first off, these are really cool colors. I, as soon as I saw the announcement, I emailed our friends at Sony and was like, Hey, can you please send these over because I want them, but also because I, you know, I, I want to un- unbox them on the channel, but also because I really <laughs> want them. But, um, so hopefully we'll have we'll have some samples to uh, unbox uh, here on GVG later on because they come out in like a month. There it's June eighteenth, I think. But mm-hmm. what this made me realize is that I desperately want Sony to also release PS five faceplates that match these. I want to be able to to get yeah my my yeah. PS five all murdered out or or get red and black. Like it, it looks cool, but uh- I will say. It might look weird sitting next to a white PS5. Yeah, I'll be honest. I the black does look sleek, but for whatever reason, that red one is really drawing my attention. It, I think it that's pops. A good. It's... Yeah, that is a good color combination. The one thing for I me, saw... it actually is the black one that's drawing to me, uh, hmm. mostly because that blue light that just sings PS2 to me, and yeah, that's true. exactly what it should be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I gotta say I'm I'm happy to see that we're getting uh, color variations on the controllers. I'm also glad to see that Sony is not so tone deaf that they're trying to release color variants of the consoles just yet when no yeah. one can get the white one as is. Because uh, I think right. that would that would probably be a bad PR move. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna remain hopeful that they'll embrace the whole like cosmetic faceplate thing because every other like you know, third party manufacturer has, has taken a whack at it and, and they're all kind of sort of okay. They fit, they look okay, but because of copyright issues, they can't put the PlayStation logo on them. So, so it makes the PS five look kind of generic and weird. Um, I'd love to see official faceplate options from Sony, but if I had to guess, we'll never see them because those things just don't usually sell very well. Uh, look at the Xbox oh, wow. 360. I, I I think I was really hyped for that feature, and then I never bought a single faceplate for it. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, it's really cool! I can't wait I, to do it." And I was like, twenty nine dollars. Yeah, I remember. I'm, I remember seeing that at the time, and even th- even then, thinking that's dumb. Why would you change to play? Like, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> cool, but eh. <laughs> I am I am exactly the kind of sucker they're angling for. But it needs to be in like the ten dollar price range for me to do it. Um, I'm kind of regretting the three dual senses I already had. Yeah, now my, these colors I only have are coming. Two, so exactly, that was my tweet. Like, I I'm glad I only have two because I'm about to have four. Like, I'm I'm gonna buy one <laughs> of each of these. Uh, even if Sony doesn't send them, I'll pick them up. Definitely, I'm with Brandon though. I think the black one is a bit more attractive to me. But I can definitely see your point, Derek. the The red is really good looking. I really like mm-hmm. the shade of red they really, went yeah. with. Um, it's not like loud and garish. It, it you know it it doesn't feel like a cheap plasticky kind of thing it looks in a way kind of elegant i I like the design but i'm i'm with brandon and insofar as the black one is is definitely my favorite because i get that ps2 vibe from it and that Mm -hmm. sony puts out a retro thing i'm buying it like if they announced a a ps1 gray one oh i'd i'd buy four of them i'd be like oh i'm replacing all of these (laughs) now (laughs) i mean my ps4 theme has been the uh the ps2 menu ever since they released it Nice. Oh, nice. I actually just they launched got... that and I said, bye. <laughs> I actually just ended up uh, changing my Xbox theme to the original Xbox. Oh, background. yeah. I remember that. I saw that and I was like, oh, we should cover this on TNT. And then I was like, it's just a background. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but... Yeah, exactly. It's not that huge. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, but yeah, uh, either way, cool. June 18th, hopefully we'll have some of these like to show you on the channel, whether by hook or by crook. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly that's that's probably the least exciting thing that's going to happen for Sony in June, though. It's a week after Ratchet and Clank. We all know we'll be distracted. Yeah, just a bit. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next story. And well, speaking of June. The ESA has detailed some more of their E3 2021 plans. So we're finally getting some idea of what exactly this online um, E3 is going to be like. So apparently there's going to be an online portal slash app that functions as a key hub. There you'll find hosted events, virtual booths, forums, and more uh, with interactive overlays as well. The main uh, broadcast will also air on Twitch, YouTube, and other streaming services, as assumedly. Um about the actual port uh, portal, uh, there's going to be within the portal itself, uh, and that's beginning on June 12th. Um, there's going to be exhibitor booths, which apparently feature special events, VOD uh, content, and articles. Exhibitor booths will act as hubs within the portal for key announcements and game information tied to each exhibitor. There's lounges where, which are online gatherings uh, spots for all E3 attendees. I don't know what that means when they when it says you're an attendee. Uh, forums. There are special boards for focused online discussion. Of course, uh, some leaderboards because apparently going to have some gamified show elements uh, to c- collect. And apparently you can make your own unique um, profile. There you go. Okay. So um, that said, um, speaking from personal appearance here, uh, uh, experience, um, maybe don't give the ESA your information. That seems like a bad idea just from, you know, my time with them. But yeah, I guess they're trying to make this fun. So so I'm, I, I agree with you, Derek. Obviously, you and I were both <laughs> in the same boat on that one. Um <laughs> Yeah, use a P.O. box <laughs> if, if you got one. If you yeah. don't have one, strongly consider getting one. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I I am excited for this E3, which is really weird to say because it's, it's virtual and we're not all going to see each other in person, <clears throat> which are generally the reasons that I'm very excited for shows in general. And, hey, now that the CDC said, you know, vaccinated people can gather without masks on indoors. That's really fucking exciting. Um, <laughs> it gives me hope that by September, packs will remain a thing and we'll be able to go. Um, but I'm excited for E3 because this is our first E3. This is GVG's very first E3. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it my all as though I was in L.A. and covering things. But I mean, I do have a shitload of questions about how I'm going to cover things. So. I mean, go to the portal and grab the information. Really, E3 to me for this in this case is just going to be us reacting to each of those streams. Yeah, and maybe for TNT or special things, gathering up the the VOD stuff and taking a look or something like that. I, yeah, I I, th- I anticipate we'll 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 get to do like a you know E3 day wrap ups or whatever. And those will be the focus oh, yeah. of TNT for those days. Um, I'm kind of curious are... how they're going to handle the the media access stuff because media access starts on Monday, June 7th, which is almost an entire week before uh, everyone else gets access. Believe it or not, I think I know what that's going to be. Um, so during like preview season last year, um, because we were all in lockdown a lot of companies reached out to me and booked long like demo windows. Um, ah, okay. So they would, they would have me play a game on like remote software, like Parsec or something like that. And I would spend a few mm. hours. That's how I previewed Assassin's Creed last year. That's how I previewed Watch Dogs. 
um, pretty much every Ubisoft game I intended, I attended a few Nintendo previews. Uh, those were all video based. Like I didn't get to play, but they showed me like they, they took me through a, a, a gameplay demo that was led by someone and somehow they transmitted that to me remotely. I assume the same way I'm transmitting TNT to you right now, <laughs> just yeah. a dude with OBS and a capture card and someone talking through it. But, um, so, but the one thing I've noticed, the trend that I've noticed is that with these remote demos, with these remote previews, they just like at E3, it's like, you're lucky if you get 15, 20 minutes with a game, uh, when they do these remote previews where you're the one playing, it's like four hours. Like they're just <laughs> like, yeah, uh, dedicate oh, wow. a whole day. Uh, I played Assassin's Creed for six hours. I played Watch Dogs for four hours. I was like, I was like, do I write in the preview that I started to get sleepy because I'm not used to marathoning games this long (laughs) anymore? (laughs) Um, I I forget two, three hours at a time at most. Yeah. And so I was just like, man, this is tough because there's someone on the other end recording and watching. So I can't be like, well, I'm going to pause it and go get a sandwich and, you know, spend an hour watching TV and then come back to it. I was like, I can't do that. There's a person, a poor like person just monitoring this and on discord with me. So, uh, yeah, I think that it's going to be an interesting learning experience, but I think that week is going to be because publishers are like, Oh crap, we're doing it this way. Well, book them in for two hours. In fact, I have a preview that I'm going to attend, uh, for, for a game I can't talk about yet. It's six hours. It's a six-hour preview. I'm like, I don't know that I can play this game for six hours, but I'm going to try. (laughs) Uh, I have to wonder how much of this is going to bleed into next year, where I imagine E3 will be in person again, Uh, because I can see some of this staying. I think that, uh, well, one, I will say that, man, if we get E3 in person 2022 and we get a week beforehand like we get to show up before the consumer side of the show starts oh my god yes please like (laughs) if i could be there to work and that Mm -hmm. i love meeting fans i absolutely love meeting fans but being like the esa shows zero restraint in how many people they let in and so when you're there are quite literally places where it feels dangerous to try to get around within e3 like particularly Nintendo, if you've never been to E3, they're like tucked away in a corner. And I know Derek knows Mm -hmm. this. He's been there. And it is like the most high traffic area of the entire show every year. And, you know, I mean, we worked for GX. We had Nintendo meetings every year, multiple sometimes. And there were times where I'd have to get to Nintendo's check-in area for media. And it was just, I couldn't even see through the people. Like, I had to, like, elbow and wade my way through, and I was like, I started to feel claustrophobic, and I'm not a claustrophobic person. I started to have trouble breathing because I'm inhaling people. See, by the time I got to do a lot of that stuff, there was, the crowds were mostly dispersed because Nintendo is always the, one of the first places people go to. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. When you right. For me, it was always top of the show right at the beginning of the day, and I'm like, I can't breathe. Please get away from me. I'm going to have a panic attack. So, yeah, I, I think that... Man, if we could if we could get the, a week where we get to go in, do the work we need to do, and then get out, and then put our coverage up later, that would be so great for mm. for for the folks making coverage. Because the other thing is too, and Derek, I know you can attest to this. At these shows, it's often okay. Do your meeting, 
then run the hell back to wherever you can produce the video, upload uh, it, then run the hell back to the show. And that is, and that's why we had to have somebody at the, at the station. Cause you guys would give me that stuff and you, cause you guys didn't have the time to get it uploaded. Oh, you yeah. had to get to the next interview. So, oh yeah. I, I remember, you know, uh, last E3 that we were all at, Amy and I were running around grabbing footage, dropping it off to you, coming back, and like just repeating the cycle until we we just had to stop. We're like, oh yeah, we need mm. to eat. <laughs> Eating is important. <laughs> so yeah, I would love to see E3 kind of take a step back and 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 focus a bit more on on the mental health and well being of the folks that are working. Um, <laughs> that being said, I, I hope that it continues to be at least in some way an avenue for fans because I grew up my whole life with E3 being a closed trade show and always wanting to see behind that curtain. And I think the fact that fans now have that opportunity is a cool thing. I just wish that I could work with, without that getting completely in the way of the work. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that was, that was me in 2019 as I was going to E3 as a fan. And, uh, it was, a it was an experience, (laughs) uh, um, one but uh i definitely think having that separation between the people who are there to do the work and the people who are there to have fun uh would make things so much better for literally everybody mm-hmm. yep agreed no, and look no. at you now next e3 you'll be you'll be coming with us i i hope <laughs> <laughs> please esa we're we're not that bad just let us let us get our whole crew in yeah exactly that's all we want um yeah, we'll see how this all goes. I'm curious, but I'm hopeful. I'm I'm definitely hopeful. And yeah, crazy that it's less than a month. Yeah, I need to Gosh. register. Yikes. <laughs> do we need Oh yeah, I guess we do have to register. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Digital. The, the funny thing is, uh, and this is this is different is now that we're like a co-ownership, like all of us own the channel, we no longer need like stuff on letterhead. We're just like, yeah, it's my channel. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kind of nice. I mean, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, next, uh, let's get to the next story, which is uh, a novel concept. Ooh. That was good. I was going to say from E3 to two, but that Uh, that worked. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So turns out Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be getting a novel, and it will focus on Aerith and Tifa. It's called, uh, let's see. Traces of a trace of two paths and it'll release, I guess, in Japan on July 15th. It's uh, uh, written by Kazushige uh, Nojima and is 288 uh, pages. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Nojima has, uh, right, has been a writer for multiple games, including the original Final Fantasy VII Remake, Crisis Core, uh, 8, 10, and Kingdom Hearts. He also wrote the script for the Advent Children movie and uh the on the way to a smile novel um so he's wow. he's done quite a bit with the final fantasy 7 universe and um i think it's just the fact that it's a novel based on these two and hopefully interactions between these two yeah let's hope this gets a uh, english release i'm assuming this is canon i don't know if it's canon or not but uh be cool i would assume i i have to I also have to laugh because when I first looked at this, I thought it said uh, uh, a trace of two pastas. Two pastas. <laughs> and I'm like, what oh, the hell God. kind of title is that? Sometimes you need pasta. Let's see. Uh, here. But this looks great. I, uh, I'll i definitely pick this up if it comes uh, out 
in uh, English because uh, I love these characters dearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would love to read this. I think that the connection between Aerith and Tifa has always been something I find interesting. And if it ties into Remake, where, I mean, technically anything could happen at this point. We don't know what the hell is going on with the story for Remake. I would be right. really thrilled to see, you know, what new developments occur there. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's obviously it looks like it's set in Midgar, just by the way they're standing yeah. it. Um, right. And if it's too past, I wonder if we're just going to the childhoods of uh, the two of them, which could be interesting, uh, especially if Tifa, like just the process of her moving from Nibelheim to Midgar and all that stuff. There's 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 potential with the these storylines. And uh, we've know. got like the broad outline of both of their pasts uh, for the most part. But I would definitely like to see that in a more focused, you know, through a more focused lens. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if they intersect in any specific way. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I I, I, I wish it was getting English, English release. Apparently it's only Japanese. I'm sure there'll be translations right off the bat. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll definitely like pulling yeah. out the, the really big things. Especially if there's interactions between the two and any of them are cute because people were shipping these two pretty quickly. Even it just friends and otherwise, these two are getting like, oh, I love how they interact together, which admittedly is really cute. Yeah, I agree. I like you said, I think it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll definitely be there to peruse any fan translations that come out. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I, I, at this point, what I really want from Final Fantasy is just the announcement of or a trailer for remake part two <laughs> I, yeah, I desperately need please. it in my life i can i can i'll i'll love me a tifa backstory but i i desperately want to see where the story goes from here mm-hmm. uh looking further the description of the novel mentions that it will elaborate will elaborate on the unknown story of tifa and Aerith's two different paths so that's no information whatsoever <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> Oh wait! Oh wait! Oh, I was—I got excited, but so we might get it because it is kind of—you can get it, this this book as part of a bundle with um, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Material Ultimania, and the English version of that is re- being released in December of 2021. Mm, oh, so okay. Maybe then. That'd be nice. I would. I, I would pick so. it up. I would. Absolutely. Uh, is it oh, wow. released? When is Intergrade coming out? July? June. 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 Soon, okay. a- soon after Ratchet and Clank. Uh, th- wow, that's actually pretty cool. They have um, uh, this Ultimania actually looks uh, pretty cool. Uh, the one of the things they have in here just uh, uh, they actually made clothing references. They physically made Aerith's outfit so they could reference it in the for the, for the game itself. Wow. Oh, that's they, cool. They have, they have a model in here and everything. Uh, that that's. I can imagine that being like, I've never seen an art book for a more modern game like this. So I can imagine it being pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Arcwing 24 in our patron chat, uh, accurately points out integrate is the day before ratchet and clank. That's a wrap. Uh, that's <laughs> why I'm reviewing ratchet and clank and not yes. <laughs> final fantasy seven integrate. Oh, that reminds me. I, I probably need to look into integrate. 
And Ranch and Clank, if you haven't already. <laughs> oh, I did. Trust me. I, okay, I, did, cool. I, I made the rare request for more than one review code for that. Does Integrate <laughs> have to come out in the heat of E3? Could it, could it not do that thing? Right. You know, I, I do find that funny because I think in a year, just to kind of tie this to our last story, I think in a year where E3 was a physical event, that these games would not release at this time. Probably not. I, yeah. Like, they'd shift them back, like, a week. And, <laughs> God, that would be nice. Like, one of the games coming out during E3 is, like, a curse. <laughs> Please yeah. don't no, ever always release your game. And it's impossible to get a good review on time, so good yeah. luck. Yeah. We'll see. Though. Um. Yep. Oh, yeah, as you know, Arkami points out, uh, Guilty Gear Strive also releases the same day as Ratchet & Clank. Fortunately, those are two very different audiences. But... Yeah. I, I would like to play Guilty Gear Strive, but I'm not going to review it. That would not be a game that I would... Uh, I, I couldn't review it either. Yeah, I, I don't know. Game Builder any... Garage comes out on that day, too. Christ! <laughs> Come on! June 11th. June 11th for Game Builder Garage. Yep, I think it's the same day. <laughs> Doesn't well, Monster Hunter it, Stories 2 come out around that time? In, Isn't it in June, June as well? Ju- it's coming out in July. Oh, July. Oh, it's July. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, June is uh, pretty crazy. I, I saw that Green Basics, that the Strive beta is happening right now. I've, I've not had a chance to try it at all. I've never played a Guilty Gear game, to be honest. It oh, just Guilty Gear is so good. But it is mechanically beyond my capabilities as a fighting game player. It oh, is crap. just one of those. I am a Dragon Ball Fighters kind of guy. <laughs> nice. We need Baby to get enough we, need, for me. we need to get Brawly on here to tell us about uh to tell us about Guilty Gear. I, I have a feeling that he would probably know a thing or two about that game. <laughs> so look, I'm looking at June and yeah, the tenth is when Intergrade and the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection comes out. Then the eleventh is Game Builder Garage, Guilty Gear Strive, and Ratchet and Clank. Um Alex Kidd and Mer- right. Miracle World DX comes out the 24th along with Legend of Mana and uh, no, that's in Japan. Um, Mario Golf Super Rush comes out the night, day after that on uh, the 25th along with the uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 on Switch. Oh, yeah. Also, Scarlet Nexus on the 25th, oh, same day God. as Mario Golf. Um, I'm my wallet is screaming. Yeah. Mario and then Golf. on the 29th is when that ghoul, well, we'll get to it later, but the uh, ghoul patrol and zombies ate my neighbor, neighbors as well as wonder boy, Ash and monster world thing. So yeah, June packed. Holy crap. We, I'm excited though. Those are all <laughs> exciting <laughs> games. It, it, it's an embarrassment yeah. of riches, but that's going to be a lot of videos. <laughs> yep. That just means there's a famine coming. Also that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, next games. Uh, and whew, this is both nothing and also amazing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Koei Tecmo president uh, had in a recent interview, mostly talking about Samurai Warriors 5, happened to mention that if he had a ch- if, like the Musou game he'd like to see, Mario. So of course they got people, uh, everybody talking about. It was like, oh gosh, they want a Mario Muso, Mario Warriors, which, let's be honest, that's what everybody would want to see. Um, to get a complete context in here, uh, it's completely hypothetical. But since we're on the subject of crossovers, personally, which Muso crossover would you like to see? 
For me, it would be Yakuza range, range, rampaging through hordes of uh, hordes with Kazuma Kiryu or Goro Majima would be awesome. Uh, and the, in response, the president said, if the series would work as an action game, then it's definitely possible. While I don't have any ideas on how to make this a reality, I think Mario would be my pick. So. I would I would Had- love to see a Mario Musou game. Honestly, when I think about it, I'm like, I, I love the world of Mario. I love the Mushroom Kingdom. I love the use of color in those games. I love the character designs. And it would be nice to have a Musou game that doesn't feel quite so serious. I, I think that Mario could be yeah. a lot of fun mm. in, in this world as long as they, you know, played it goofy. Um, Mario yeah. and Luigi. Have Kinder. all your zany power-ups and exactly, whatnot. Exactly, like fire flowers, mm. hammers. Like, let Mario's, like, super move be that he just activates a star and can run through just tons of Goombas and stuff. I would love that. Um yeah. But the thing that I would probably like the most is that this would probably be the closest we would ever get to another Super Princess Peach game. Like Peach being yeah. able to to wail on people. I imagine they'd <laughs> give her kind of the 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 powers she had that didn't age quite so well, like using her emotions <laughs> as weapons. Um, but I'd, I'd love to see Peach in a position where she's just kicking some ass for once. Uh, so this, this could be... I, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, I think it would be right up there with... Age of Calamity or or Persona Five Strikers is one of my favorite Musou games. There's such a large possibility for the roster, like amongst all of the Mushroom Heroes mm-hmm. or Mushroom Kingdom Heroes, like you know the Mario Brothers, Wario, Waluigi, you know Daisy Peach. But you can also get into some villain territory. Like I'd love to play this as Fury Bowser. <laughs> oh God! Oh yeah! That'd be amazing. Maybe we'd get an actual God Slayer Bowser. Just <laughs> one one upping Fury Bowser for no apparent reason. Would you you know what? Well they though? could add Giga Bowser. They could. Yeah. I mean hmm. and you know we'd get all like the even like enough varieties of Mario to put Smash to shame. We'd get like Dr. Mario, we'd get Wrecking Crew Mario, Punch Out Referee oh, yeah. Mario. Hmm. <laughs> Just they, any- I mean Equipping the they different weapons and so give him a hammer, content. give him a fire flower, give him a you know all the different power ups over the over the course. It's just crazy. The the tricky part is different, uh, making it different for each character because you know you know we've seen how the powers work for everybody where they get one unique thing in three D oh, world, but then they have the same basic power. I right? I have to imagine that like the big twist for this game would be some element of platforming, and that's mm. something you never really do in Muso, and I think that could be a really neat mix. Uh, with Mario plus all the the power ups and whatnot, um, I could just imagine like climbing a basic Mario mountain structure and then using Bowser and then just jumping off a cliff and then ground pounding into a bunch of Goombas. There's so much potential there. Oh man, I want this game. I want this game that'll probably never happen. But oh I, yeah, this I don't think this will happen. But it's, it's funny that even the weirder things wants to see have it. happened. That's true. They did cross over with rabbits, so. I, yeah, I like to think, like, I imagine, like, I, I, I can just picture finishers for this so easily in my mind. Like, I think about, like, Tanuki Suit Mario, like, grabbing a mega mushroom and becoming huge and then flying up in the air and turning into, like, a statue and just dropping down on tons of enemies. I want uh-huh. this game, and I didn't even know it until <laughs> we started talking about it just now. But <laughs> Nintendo, Koei, please, please, please give me this. I need mm. this in my life. So do you call it Super Mario Warriors, or do you drop Warriors for a different title? Oh, that's a good question. No, I think they probably keep the Warriors aspects. Although Persona 5 didn't do it. Um, 
I almost hmm. wonder if that's too edgy for Mario. <laughs> right. What would huh. you call it? Because wasn't Rabbids uh, Mushroom Kingdom Battle or something like that? Or so I mean, the like, like common thing would be just be Mushroom Kingdom Warriors, but... Or you could call it Mushroom Kingdom Showdown, something like that. I, I, I think that there's no way that they would release a Mario game without Mario in the title, though. Like, because how, how oh, many true. people know yeah. Mushroom Kingdom versus how many people know Mario, you know? Um, mm. Man, but I, I don't you know what you'd call the it. the W in Warriors, uh, it spells <laughs> Mario. <laughs> Mario's. <laughs> Mario's. There <Wow>. we go. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious how they would uh, they would pull out, pull this off. Like I could see them having like uh, as one gameplay element, you get a power up and you can use it right away, but it won't be as effective. But if you let it build up like a special, all of a sudden you can use super versions of those power ups, like the Tanuki thing that uh, Steve came up with. So and I don't know. There's there's co op. There's a lot of potential. potential. I, I think the biggest thing for this would be that it's a, a Muso game that'd be more accessible to like children yes and a little less offensive i mean zelda and persona 5 aren't aren't that bad but like just having a mario version of any kind of genre is usually a good entry point for a child to try something new yep Mm -hmm. i agree man i i can't think of a nintendo franchise like a core nintendo franchise that wouldn't work well as a musou game I'm crossing my fingers for Star Fox. <laughs> Star Fox would be great. And, it would fit Animal so Crossing well. Warriors. Animal Crossing. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe that's cool. It's just a bunch of fish and bugs you got to fuck up. Like. <laughs> oh, it's nothing but bass. It's nothing but all the sea I, I bass that, that we've like the, the, the games that you would think would do well as Warriors games, uh, specifically like Fire Emblem, I find to be the least interesting because they're not too different than what we're already getting. Like, if you were to throw Metroid into a Musou environment, that's more interesting to me because it's sci-fi. There's, you know, cannons and beams and stuff. But uh, with Fire Emblem, we had just ended up with a bunch of swords, uh, which is the exact same argument. Pulling from the two, you know, (laughs) three of the basic, like, two recent ones and one classic one as far as characters for the most part, so. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I I think... uh, tying muso to stranger less uh less realistic franchises is definitely the way to go and that's why mario itself is a uh, really exciting to me yeah, yeah. I, I the one the ones i always see come up the most when it comes to these warrior type games is mario kirby pokemon I oh pokemon would be so easy to pull off like that, oh, yeah. that just writes itself i would love to see a splatoon muso game like give me give oh, me a war cool. between oh. the inklings and the uh, octolings, and let me let me be a octoling or an inkling general and just mow people down. It could be like you could um, almost good. You could, al- you could almost map Splatoon's current control scheme or control scheme right to that gameplay model, and I think it would just work. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I I honestly think just think of. Uh... Almost like Halo for a Splatoon type thing, where the Splatoon <laughs> kids are going through and fighting the uh, the Octolings, uh, but partway through they find out the uh, the hidden salmonid threat work the like the um, what, what are the they flood. called the flood, 
and it's the same oh, in yeah. this one. And then they have to fight the zombie-like salmonid while also contending <laughs> with the freaking um, the freaking uh, octolings. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be kind of fun. We're basically describing what I want Splatoon 3's campaign to be. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I, love I cannot wait for Splatoon 3, but that, that could be a whole episode unto itself. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that with that said, likely not happening. Fun to think about yeah. even the, when even the president thinks it'd be fun to think about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's go back to Square Enix, though. There we go. Back into the realm of reality. Yes, totally into reality, because what's what's more real uh, than. Oh, God, I forgot the name of the place. <laughs> that Shibuya. Shibuya. Thank you, Brandon. Anyway, Square Enix has unveiled the opening to Neo, The World Ends With You. Have you two had a chance to watch this yet? I was expecting Ash to maybe be here, be here and talk about this, but... I'm holding um, off from looking at stuff for this game because I still have never played the original. And I know, like, the Switch version, I've heard a lot of complaints about because of the control scheme. I'd recommend playing it in handheld if you're going to play it on the Switch. Oh, okay. It's still fine. It plays fine in handheld. I just recommend having it in handheld because uh, it's the the mo- it's the physical controls that just don't work too well. Okay. Well, maybe uh, like I will the... pick it up on Switch then. Um, I love this opening because it, there, there's just so many musical styles represented in just this one opening. Uh, whether new songs, new genres. But also some classic uh, songs from the, from the original, and just have the remixes in there. It is so freaking good. Cannot wait for this game. June's packed. July is packed. There's a lot of stuff pa- packed in this one, but I, I think it looks gorgeous. There's some great visuals. I don't find it to be too spoilerish. It's just mostly character stuff and beats, um, so you don't have to worry about it too much. But yeah, I'm just ah. So excited. Oh, yeah, I'm listening to it now, and yeah, this is sick. Um, I like this a lot. I definitely want the... to check it out. I, I haven't gotten a chance to see the trailer myself, but mm-hmm. the game looks exciting. Like, I really want to try the game when it comes out. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to find the time to beat the first one first, but <laughs> if I Probably can. Probably not. I, I love it. I think you'd love it, especially with you being so into Japanese, Steve, so you'd, you'd kind of click with it, I think. Nice. But how I, I love how it, the the final version of the song, uh, the song in place of this opening, just goes full on scream metal. Nice. Uh, it really it does. totally reminds me of the uh, second Death Note opening. Oh, nice. I'm definitely gonna have to check out the trailer, maybe uh, after the post show is over. But there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for Neo. The world ends with you. It's it's not gonna be a day one purchase for me just because I know I won't commit the time. Um, hmm. But I, I'll be one of the, you know, I'll be poking you about <laughs> how, how you feel about it when, when you're playing it. Because uh, uh, I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be I'm hoping we can one. get this early from Square because I would love, love, love that. That's a good question. Oh, with, with this one, I'm not sure if it's Square or Nintendo handling PR. Because uh, normally Square is really know. good about talking to me about stuff like this. Nintendo, uh, not so much. But uh, <laughs> I would, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to. Put some feelers out there and figure out who I need to talk to to try to get us a copy of that to check out here on the channel. Mm-hmm. But if it's Square, it's definitely happening. Square has been a great partner. Love you guys so much. Thank you for all your support <laughs> and for, you know, the repeated Final Fantasy 14 game time codes. We appreciate you guys so much. It helps a lot. <laughs> it does. 
Oh goodness. But yeah, I, um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've not, I've not heard calling in the, in the, in the game yet. Uh, Phlox cat. Uh, there's again, it's some other classic songs in there, but I love the soundtrack to the world ends with you. I, as I put out on Twitter, uh, when I played the original, I actually would hook up my computer speakers into my DS just so I could jam out to the songs as I was playing. Nice. I just, I'd set up my computer desk and just play it that way just because it was so freaking good. Bought the, bought the soundtrack as well. It's like one of the few things I've bought off Apple music. Oh, nice. So, nice. So, yep. Well, speaking of classic games, I had a bit of a mention this earlier, but let's go ahead and bring up our final news topic for the day. So, out of nowhere, zombie, uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol are both coming to consoles June 29th. Hello, June. And, yeah, just no hype whatsoever. Just, boom. Zombies Ate My Neighbors is back, which I've honestly never played. I've seen people play a bunch of this. Never tried it myself. I don't even think I realized Ghoul Patrol was a sequel. Yeah, me neither. Um, I did not know that myself. Zombies Ate My Neighbors was one of those uh, games that I associate very heavily in my mind with the 90s. And only because, I, I like you, Derek, I never played it, but I was bombarded with ads for it. Like in every magazine I read, mm-hmm. I would I would see this game. I would see this game online and forums. I understand that it's quite well-loved. I've just never tried it myself. It, being on the Switch might be the thing that gets me to try it, just because I'm always... I don't know what it is about the Switch, but I constantly want to add games to that library. I think it's just the portability <laughs> of it, but I, I I would try it, but I have no reason like to... I, I don't know that it's going to be something that'll click with me or not. Um, I literally have no clue what this game is about. It's very arcadey. Uh, basically, yeah. from what I've seen, it's going from level to level, fighting the monsters, saving kids, and getting to the next one. And there's like 70 plus levels to get through. So it becomes a bit of an endurance run. Just seeing how it far kind of reminds me of uh, Death Road to Canada, where you're doing, mm. you're like you're fighting zombies on a stage. You're collecting items and gaining resources before moving on to the next level. Uh, that's probably the closest analog in you know in a modern sense that I could give to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I'm for that. That sounds pretty cool. Is uh. To, do we know if this is going to have online multiplayer? I that was kind of a deal breaker for no, me. No, they did not. I don't think they said anything. That is a very good question. I do um, not know. Game saves and achievements, museum gallery, and that's about all they said. Um, I guess not. Then, according to Audoodle in the uh, Patreon chat, uh, Ghoul Patrol was a game that wasn't going to be related to Zombies Ate My Neighbors, but after it came out, they went, oh, shoot, make it a sequel. Ghoul Patrol is pretty mad, apparently. So, um, uh, don't hear about that one too much. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, not, not too sure about this one. Um, but uh, I, I've never played it. It's cool that it came out. It's, it's nice to have these surprises. Kind of like how, uh, what is it, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance came out of nowhere this week? Yeah. So, hey, more games to play. Cool. It's <laughs> never yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's funny, none of us uh, actually uh, played it before. <laughs> yeah, I guess that marketing I, I, was... I have played it before oh, on okay. Super Nintendo, but not enough to really like be an expert on it or anything. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah honestly not too much more to talk about with that one it's just like hey it's a thing that's cool and uh yeah i think with that we've covered all the major headlines from today's news uh but before we sign off brandon we're having you on here pretty commonly uh recently but i still think (laughs) it's worth having everybody uh know where to find you otherwise you can find me on YouTube at Breakroom Arcade. You can find me on Twitter at Merrowleaf underscore. I've been uh, streaming a little bit more lately. Uh, I'm going to be doing that much more in the coming month. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me at twitch.tv slash Merrowleaf. And like I've said the last few times, occasionally you can find me right here on GPG. <laughs> <laughs> these these occasions are... Occasionally, yeah. yeah. These occasions occasionally. are becoming more common. Um <laughs> You know, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, selfish uh, this time and, and plug my own Twitch since you're talking about how you've Do been uh, doing Twitch more. Um, I, I stream over at BitNerd Games on Twitch. Uh, I am very I've, I've been doing my numbers have been very good lately. I'm gonna be hopefully by the end of May applying for a uh, partner and hopefully hopefully finally getting that. Uh, and oh, I've yeah, been if, if you're excited for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I've been playing through the entire series uh, about I'm probably should be finishing up uh secret agent clank soon which means we're getting into the future games and that's when the series gets really good um otherwise i'm playing through gravity rush on saturdays and um doing a 101 percent run of donkey kong 64 my first time playing the game on sundays so oh boy <laughs> yeah it's been interesting it's been interesting we're a little bit a little bit over halfway done so uh there's that but that's that's just my own personal Steve. Steve, anything personal you want to plug? I'm like going to be playing the shit here. out of PSO2 right here on GVG. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't <laughs> have time. I got four kids, man. I I can't do this and and another content creation gig. I, ugh. Oh, that's tiring <laughs> to think about. So, yeah, uh you can find me here. If I'm ever posting anything, it's here and at twitter.com/stevenbowling where I'll give you all my horrible personal thoughts on my horrible personal activities. <laughs> there we go ringing endorsement so yeah <laughs> oh gosh but of course before we sign off we also have to give a very very special thank thanks to all of our uh patrons uh whether it's big or small uh and especially those at the producer tier as this show just would not be possible uh without all of you and of course a massive massive thank you to our executive producers and above and that includes Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Itiono Ben, Dan Inchwhistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, It's ATM, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Echo Carroll, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotek, 112, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Alicia, Azran127, Ken Roulet09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Douglas Shomix, uh, Andrew Medeiros, Orm M, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzy Wighoid, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, uh, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Masterlinks, Deaneth, Coda, Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hoobie, 
Wolf X Blake, Moon Macarons, Ascaron uh, 809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Revelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Kotar Peck, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Wheezy Penguin, Derek, uh, Steven Nelson, Ray Clawson Jr., and Nathan the Voice Actor. Whew, we are quickly approaching 100 EPs, it feels like, so that is just getting Woo. longer and longer. But uh, thank you all. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all so much. And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can get access to our exclusive post-show and ad-free content, including that most recent uh, weekly uh, discussion we had on Mortal Kombat, uh, for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. So until next time, good night and good vibes. Bye, everyone. Night. Bye.